0: Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. Podcast for the people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're continuing our series from church to movement. What does it take for local churches to spark disciple-making movements? Talking to Jeff Sundell regular on the Movements podcast about an African immigrant church in North Carolina. Yeah,
1: um, uh, I met Pastor Quasi and uh, he's Quasi, not crazy, mm-hmm. and um, he is from Ghana, and I met him at at for T4T training that we do weekly or bi-weekly in Charlotte with a group of pastors. And when I met him, I was just really drawn to him, he had just such a hunger for... Um, discipleship and church planning, um, and then I also I have, I have a daughter who's getting ready to move to South Africa to do a gap year as a missionary, mm-hmm. and so I, I just approach, uh, sort of approached Pastor Quasi and said, hey, um, man, I'd love if we could bring my daughter down to hang out with your church and hang out in some homes and meet some people just so she can get sort of attuned to a little bit of African culture before she goes to Africa. But I said, I'd, I'd love to help you guys with t for t if you're interested. And so he's like, well, man, by all means, let's do it. And so we set up um, a Wednesday night, which was sort of a normal prayer meeting night. Hmm. And uh, so this is an African church that sits uh, in the middle of an African-American community. Okay. And and so this African what what sort brought, of
0: countries uh, these Africans come from?
1: Yeah, this this African church is is very diverse. They probably relate about twenty different nations and many different people groups. But uh, the the pastors from Ghana and there's some folks from Kogo, uh Togo, and uh, West Africa, just various areas across West Africa, Nigeria. Uh, a few folks from South Africa, which was uh, exciting for our daughter. Um, and so it's it's pretty diverse uh, mm. church, but. Um, really uh, exciting to be there. And then they're here in this, of course, African American community, and uh, the, these world views are two world views, you know, just far apart. Mm-hmm. And for the African community and the African American community, and just the way uh, the, just sort of the, the, the way they were raised and the way they grew up. And so we began on a Wednesday night. And the first night, we just started with, you know, uh, how do you share your testimony, and how do you share the gospel, and then also just talked about prayer walking in the house of peace. And uh, then we just immediately went out and did it, but now when we did this, we did the teaching, practicing, teaching, practicing, just like we do in a normal t for t meeting, so they were pretty confident, confident with their story, Jesus' story, and then they went out prayer walking. Now, this is where they were afraid, you know, they don't have any confidence in this, they don't. They're, they're afraid of this community in a lot of ways. It's different than what they're from. It's not where they live. Um, and then everybody, you know, all of us have a fear that wells up inside about sharing the gospel. So you just put all that out. Well, they, they went out that night and, um, uh, the pastor, uh, stepped up and met a, there was a group there and some guys with pretty big guys, muscular guys and some dreadlocks. And, uh, he, he was with his wife and he had two young men with him college students, and, and he's going, wow, well, I just want to walk by these guys, but wow, i got these two young guys watching me. i really, I got to go do this. And so he just walked up to the middle of these guys, and he said, if God could do a miracle life today, what is it? And if so can I pray for you? And one man shared he, he was in need of a job. Another man shared he was uh, having some relationship issues, and, um, and in the end, they were really open to spiritual things. So he prayed with them, and then he shared his story and Jesus' story, and Nobody responded to the gospel right then, but um, he asked them to, and then he shared the first story of hope, and they had a great conversation about it.
0: What, what's this? And, what's uh, the story of hope, Jeff? Uh, tell us. Tell us what yeah, that
1: the, is. Yes, the story of the woman who goes up to the feet of Jesus and grabs his feet, and there she mm. uh, weeps at his feet, and the tears fall at his feet, and um, uh, you know, and then Simon says, you know, hey, who's uh, who, what kind of man is this? You know, he shouldn't be letting this woman touch her. If he's really a prophet, he wouldn't let this happen. So he, he shared that story. And then the the key question we usually ask after we, we'll do the sword method if we can, if there's time, and most of the time get away with it. But he asked, if, who do you identify within the story and why? And he went around and asked those men that. Nice. Um, then they ended up having a great conversation. And uh, so that night, everybody came back with uh, great reports. Uh, we didn't have anybody come to Christ that night. Uh, did have a couple homes that night open up after sharing the gospel, and they were willing to let us come back into a Bible study. Um, but I think everybody was set at ease because they were like, wow, um, they're, you know, everybody was fairly friendly and fairly open to the gospel. And, um, of course, they, they got teased a little bit about their accent, you know, because, mm. uh, their, their accent's pretty thick. And, uh, but we had a, we had a good time. So the next week we taught them the first, um, uh, well, the next story of hope. And, um, and again, we did the teaching, the practicing, and then we reviewed the past week also just to make sure, have somebody share the gospel, share the testimony, um, sort of went over some things like make sure if you lead somebody to Christ, try and get in their home. If you lead somebody to Christ, train them in the gospel immediately. Anybody who share the story, make sure they go share the story also and see if they're willing to do that. And, um, So next week we did the same thing, went out, again, very similar results. About, uh, say, four weeks in, um, we're out on a Wednesday night and um, meet back up. Uh, This time my wife went with Pastor Quasi and I went with Rosemary. and We went down one street prayer walk and they went down another. Well, they ran into um, this young man. And, uh, so his name's Ace. And, uh, Ace said, uh, you're, you're the guy who shared your testimony. And then he began sharing, uh, pastor's testimony of all the things he'd said. And he said, you know, I haven't been able to get that out of my head. He said, I I just keep thinking about what you shared with me. And, um, and he said, it's just stirring me. And so my, the pastor split off with Ace and my wife went with Tahita. And then uh, my wife, she shared her story, Jesus' story, with Tahita, and, and Tahita
0: was ready to receive the gospel and immediately received the gospel. And, who and then was, she, Ace, was, was she Ace's uh, girlfriend? or Yeah, Ace's mm. girlfriend, yeah.
1: Mm. And um, and so uh, Ace came back over with the pastor, and so they shared that, hey, you know, Tahita's just received Christ. Ace, what are you going to do, man? You know, mm. what are you going to do about this? And so A sends up praying to receive Christ, and um, uh, and it was amazing though just to realize that that first night he was in that group, you know, and he heard the testimony, and, and nothing happened that night, but it was it was weeks that that testimony was on his mind. Um, well, they they exchanged texts and emails. We had a bit of a hard time following up at first with. Um, with Ace and Tahita, but then, uh, the pastor and his wife and some others went over and visited her and took her some food. They were, they're big on loving loud. So they went down to food line and said, Hey man, you got to give us food. We got people that need food, you know, so food line starts giving them food. So they're, they go out, well, they go out prayer walking. They almost got a bag of food in their hand every time they go out. So they began meeting physical needs also and, um, those needs for jobs and, so they, you've seen some of these men have taken and helping people get jobs and not only prayed for the miracle to happen, but also went physically and took them to their workplace and have tried to get them jobs and things like this. Well, um, a few weeks later, we're, uh, we we run back into Ace, and we're, we're doing, uh, I think we are doing one of the commands at that time with him, and this time it's my wife and I and Rosemary and another lady, and we're, we're discipling Ace, and and Ace, he Tahita shared this story with you and ace now you need to share this story with her and so trying to make sure that they're Mm. sharing these stories um with one another and with other people and trying to get them out being involved in the discipleship process because you know ace you're the answer for discipleship in this community not us Mm. and so we we've got to raise you up to be the disciple in this community um and well, right after that, we had a Friday, Saturday event where we had a training. Mm-hmm. Um, we trained on Friday night, of course, your story, Jesus story, story of hope. And then we went through some of the commands. And then at lunchtime that day, we had a group of about 50 people, uh, canvass the community, did some love loud stuff, asking for prayer, miracle questions, open up a bunch more homes. So now we have six, seven homes open and following up with that. So we, so we have this, um, weekly training with immediately go out and do it and um, the the really exciting thing is, is we began doing this and we're about six weeks in hmm. we start getting confessions from uru and koku who said you know when the pastor said we were gonna do this we thought he was crazy you know because crazy it's crazy there's no way this yeah. is gonna work and they were like a, they were like there's no way this is gonna work they're afraid to do it well now they're they're getting emboldened and they're getting you know excited about sharing the gospel, and uh, actually their statement is the new Sunday is Wednesday night it's mm-hmm. all about Wednesday night so anyhow you that's our new statement about church so they love going about Wednesday night gospeling
0: um, so, Jim, a real- so I'm, I'm just just hold you there so you've got the pastor he's terrified um, when he first goes out you got his his some of his key guys they just think. You know, crazy is crazy. So if you just sort of trained them, they might have had a good training experience, but nothing was going to happen, was it? You you actually you know, had I, to go with them we into the community. And and God had yeah. to show up in that. Absolutely. You know, Steve, you're right. If we wouldn't have gone out and modeled with them,
1: um, I'm convinced nothing would have happened. And I, and I know that's the last time we talked. We said how key modeling is and that's why we build it into this process where we try and get people out in the community during the event we try and get people out the community during the training and even have push events set up to go do mm-hmm. but it's it's key to it just it's because of the fear um because of just never having it been modeled before never seen it before it's one thing to practice in a laboratory it's a whole nother when you got a live body in front of you you know
0: and, uh, but there's, there's something but it, there's something about your modeling it but if it was just your example they they could still say well that's jeff he can do that but what you're modeling is god is going to show up here um yes and 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 what you're experiencing is something they they can experience too. Otherwise, they'll just walk away and say, "Well, that was the trainer. It's his job to do that." He's you know he's a pastor or a missionary. So so God's showing up as as they're watching as you're throwing them in the deep end, so to speak, and and God's absolutely. God's there, and um, they're coming back different people. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know the. The, the probably breakthrough night was, um, well, the week before we'd been out prayer walking and the guys decided to hit another, you know, neighborhood and there's this apartment complex and they went over there and people were very receptive for them praying. And it, but it was late that night and starting to get dark. So they, they came back and they said, Hey, we want to hit that area. So the next week, uh, we sort of shifted a lot of our focus over this apartment complex. Hmm. And, um, again, we're getting about 12 to 15 people going out. We go to this apartment complex that night and when we, when we come up, we pull up and it looked like a football game was getting ready to start, uh, a real football mm-hmm. game, like American football game where they tackle people and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, so as, the, as this was beginning, we realized it wasn't a football game. It was a melee. And mm-hmm. so we see, you know, teenagers fighting and grandmas fighting and kids fighting and toddlers rolling around the ground. And so I told the Africans, I said, let's move up here out of the line of sight and let's let's get out of the way here and uh of course we called the police and uh a dozen other people called the police too you know and everybody in the community came out and um now there's about nine police cars there and everybody's out so we just began asking a miracle question and uh the first place we went was a hispanic home and uh Miracle question was asked, and they were very receptive. Um, usually, actually, in the Hispanic context, we asked if they want a blessing prayed over their home versus a miracle. Okay. So we asked them if they wanted a blessing, and they were they were open to that and prayed for the home. And then asked if we could come do a Bible study after they heard the gospel. No, nobody was willing to respond to the gospel, but they were willing to let us come back and do a Bible study in their home. And miracle that night was we actually had a a, a, a brother, uh, a pastor who speaks Spanish. And uh, so he happened to be there that night, and so he was able to translate. So we had a African sharing his story, Jesus' story, being translated by a Puerto Rican guy from New York in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the hood. Wow. So, um, and so he shares with these guys, and then they opened up their homes. It was really cool. So we went around the corner. We ran into another lady, asked her a miracle question. She's, she just unloaded her story and said, hey, man, I moved from Chicago, had a good job. I uh, worked here 14 years, and then I started getting sick. Uh turns out I've got lupus, would you pray for me? She said, I'm in pain every day, my joints hurt, I can't work anymore, Uh haven't been able to get on disability either, which, you know, really probably needs to be on disability with that. Uh, anyhow, so we prayed over her, shared our story, Jesus' story, asked her if we could come back to her house, and she said she had, uh, she'd love for us to come back to her house. And um, her sister lives with her, some others, so been following up in her home. Nobody, nobody's come to Christ necessarily there yet. But while we were sharing with her, in the background uh, was Donna, and her son was listening to us. And we uh, um, got to talk through her a little bit, but anyhow, nothing happened to that. Well, that, that night, we came back to the church. We, we were actually stuck there about an hour and a half, couldn't mm-hmm. leave because the police had us locked in. And so we came back and, and Pastor Quasi got up in the front and he said the guys had called him on the phone, told him what was going on, so they're like praying for us that we're okay and safe and Pastor Quasi begins to share about Ghana, how the Swiss and German missionaries came to Ghana and he said he said, You know, I heard stories that one one German missionary would come and one to die. One mm-hmm. Swiss missionary would come and he'd die. And then they'd send two. And if they died, they'd send four. And if they sent four, they'd send eight. And he said, but you know, they kept coming, and they kept sharing, and they kept discipling. And he said, they won my grandfather to Christ. And my grandfather, and he actually in that particular area in Ghana, his grandfather become one of the key leaders. And he, and he just shared his story. And he said, he said, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep going to this community. We're going to keep going. One African, two Africans, three Africans, whatever it takes to reach this community. So he was, was a very sort of motivational yeah. time. And then the, the group was actually instead of afraid, was actually excited. Mm. You know, they felt like they were used by God that night and, and it was a seriously scary scenario, you know, mm. but they were used by God and they were actually more emboldened by that moment, um, than what you would ever expect. Well, we we've continued to follow up in that area. And we have other we have some other Bible still have Ace and Tahita going on and got another you know these other bible studies going on well um right the next week went back and and again you always got to be looking in the trees you know because Zacchaeus is mm-hmm. sometimes hanging out in trees so falling up in a hispanic home falling up in Chantilly's home well um essentially Donna and her son end up hanging out nearby and so Koku and Scott They share, and they've already had the miracle question asked. They've already heard some of the gospel. They share again their story, Jesus story. Well, Dawn and her son pray to receive Christ that night. That home opens up for a Bible study. Um, So we continue following up, and by now some of the Hispanic homes come to Christ, and they're now connected to this local Hispanic church. So they're assimilating that church, but then the pastors are cycling them in the home with the goal to train that Hispanic family to reach all the Hispanics in that apartment complex. And so we've been telling that community and Chantilly and Donna, you guys are the keys to reaching the apartment complex, not us. We want to raise you up to be the trainers. We'll raise you up to reach this community. Um, well then again, this, this happened last week, um, on Wednesday night. Um, out there at Donna's house, and getting ready to do her discipleship, and there was a man and a, um, an older man and a younger man there talking to Donna, and when he came up to do the discipleship, they were going to go in the house to do the discipleship, they left. Well, again, this young man's in the trees, so he circles back afterwards, he said, What are you guys doing here? Hmm. And so um, Scott and Koku, um, again, share their story, Jesus' story, and um, uh, Marcus prays to receive Christ that night. You know, so when you're on the House of Peace on you always got to look for the man in the trees. Mm. And uh, so so where we're sort of at with all this right now is we have confidence that God's at work. Mm. I'm saying the African Church does. Yes. They they feel like they've been set up. They've seen mm. Him move. We, we talked to a man last night, um, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday night. Um, Uru went and met a man. Um, and, and Uru's really interesting because Uru's working uh, two jobs, um, 70 hours a week, and going to school full-time, taking 18 mm-hmm. hours. He's going to drop a class so he can be on Wednesday night. So he's going to drop back to 14 hours or I guess 15 hours uh, while he's studying biology. You know, So he's a busy, busy guy. Mm-hmm. And um, so he goes out following up because he missed us coming late from UNCC, and he missed us and so he went out following up with some of the other house of and he's at the basketball court and he meets a guy that he had shared with, uh him and Koku had shared with weeks before. And the guy goes, Hey man, do you recognize me? And he's like, No, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's getting late at night, you know, and he's like, No, I don't know who you are. He said, You prayed for me that I get a job. He said, Man, I got a job. He said, I've been waiting for you to come back. Now, we didn't, you know, nobody knew where this guy lived and didn't know that God had intervened and helped him get a job, but he saw that this miracle had happened in his life that he's got a job now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so Uru's pumped. He said, well, where do you live? And so he told him where he worked and he told him um, where he lived. And he said, now, the only day I'm home is Saturday, Sunday. He said, so, Uru, you have to come see me on Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. He said, the rest of the time I work out of town. Because I have a child, and so Goober's like, I have to go follow up with this guy. You know, he doesn't even know Jesus yet. He just had a miracle happen. That's all. Yeah. You know, but he's open, and he's been looking for us. Mm. You know, because of that prayer. So it's amazing. You know, when you when you throw out prayers like that, whether it's job or relationships mm. or sickness, how God comes back around and sets you up. He's really, I mean, he's setting himself up. It's, you know, it's about his sovereignty. It's about him preparing people. You know, so it's just a matter of time before this man gives his life to Christ. But the exciting thing was Guru was pumped. He said, look what God's done, you know, Mm. because he thinks of the parable of Mark chapter 4 of the man who goes out and sows the seed. He sows the seed in uh, verse 26, 27, so forth, and then he goes to sleep at night. And then he gets up in the morning. and goes, "Wow, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, well, look what God has done." So for Uru, it was like, "Wow, God's been at work." Even though I haven't seen this man in weeks, God's been working on his heart, preparing it. But the, the sower has a responsibility to go back into
0: that field continuously, working in the field. And, and so, and it Jeff, was just, you've you've you're you know simple training few basic skills how you pray for someone how you love someone how you share your story or a or a bible story and um and then getting uru into you know into the mission field in that community and uru is a different person now isn't he he's seen god work he he's saying you know whatever it takes i i want to do this yeah absolutely and you know the you know, one of the, the long-term
1: goals in this we want to see is as we go and try and you know this church has said it's not about growing the church, it's about reaching the community because they've not seen a lot of the fruit come to the church, but they're intentionally willing to plant churches in the community to reach the community, and so they're they're moving full full bore this way, you know. So the realization that these these guys who you know maybe work down at U.S. Airways or work a job over here, or some of them are in. um uh, media, they have different varieties of jobs. They're actually going to be church planners in that community. And that's, that's the exciting thing is they realizing, um, and then the, the next step for us that we, we're moving towards is, as we've talked to Pastor Quays and we've talked to Uru and Koku is that your job, we want you to be our partners. We want to see you lead the thrust of work to reach the African community in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Would you guys be willing to go and be the head of this? Would you spearhead it? You know, so it's exciting as they progress from, wow, I don't even want to go out there. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, everybody has fear about sharing this story to, wow, hey, God's at work to, Mm -hmm. wow, God can use me. And then going, then we want to have movement for G people to say, we will reach Charlotte, North Carolina. We Mm -hmm. will make sure there's no place left. That every single African nation, tribe, people group, whatever their background, has an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where we're headed now. Is these men are going to lead that thrust in Charlotte, North Carolina.